Welcome to the Jinx Dance Media Podcast. This is your host, Jude, and this is where I'll be chatting to you about how to design and create high-quality dance events and creative dance content. I'll be covering topics ranging from fundraising, marketing, production, content creation, design, and so much more so that you can have all the tools and resources you need to stand out and build genuine connections with your audience. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this week's podcast episode. So I apologize in advance if my voice sounds a little rough today. I am very sleep deprived because it is the week of our battle. Out of the Shadows is coming up this weekend, and I am so excited. But it's also been like crunch time, so I have literally been working and doing stuff like nonstop this week. Um... (laughs) So, with that being said, today I wanted to go ahead and do a podcast episode that I've been wanting to do for a while, but kind of wanted to save it for when the timing was right, and that is doing an event deep dive into my own event, Out of the Shadows. So, if you guys have listened to this podcast before, you may have heard... um, some of my other episodes where I did an event deep dive. For example, the first one that I did was my event deep dive for Flow First with Tanya. I'm gonna be doing something very similar today, except it's going to be more of a self-interview, I guess. But yeah, this is something that I've been really excited to talk to you all about for a while, just because I literally spend like 12 months out of the year, every year, um, working on this event. Um, as soon as it's over, I start planning for the next one. So it's a big, it's a big lift for me personally. And I know for the rest of Shadow Puppets, who also um, helps put the event together. And I know that a lot of people have given us like huge like props for putting together such like a high quality event. Um, we've literally had people give us feedback saying that we're setting the standard for popping events and dance events in general. And we're really trying to like bring popping back. Well, not really bring popping back. That's that's the wrong way to say it. Um, we're really like elevating popping in the Midwest is what I would say. So with that, I know a lot of people are very curious, like how do we do it, right? So I'm gonna tell you all of the secrets today. <laughs> so to get started, I guess I'll give a little bit of background on, um, I guess like the purpose of the event and just the general like overview of it. So Out of the Shadows is, well, it started as a two-day event. It is now a three-day event, which features a 1v1 popping battle and a 3v3 crew invitational battle, where we invite eight of the best popping crews across US, Canada, and hopefully in the future, other places as well, um, out to compete. And something that we've added this year is the workshops component. So last year, We didn't really have workshops. We had one workshop, but it wasn't necessarily an out of the shadows like specific workshop. It was kind of like a a one-off thing that we decided to do um, while we had one of the judges in town. But we got a lot of feedback that people wanted workshops from our judges. So we did that this year. So now it's officially a three-day event. And the purpose, I guess, for out of the shadows really is to elevate the Midwest popping scene and... To do that, we really wanted to bring 
high-level dancers from the broader popping community to Chicago, um, as well as give really high-level dancers in Chicago a platform to interact with dancers from all over the U.S. and elsewhere. Um, so that's really, I guess, like the focus. So you'll see as I continue to talk about the event, like a lot of our decisions and the way we structure the event is really tied to that mission and purpose, which is elevating the Midwest popping scene and exposing the Chicago dance scene to high level dancers from the broader popping community. So that's just kind of like the background. Um, so I guess let, let's go back to the very, very beginning when Out of the Shadows as an idea was first born. So this was actually before my time um, in Shadow Puppets. So actually Tanya and Alex, the co-founders of Shadow Puppets came up with the idea of doing this battle um, before the pandemic. And they had initially planned to do the battle right before like COVID happened. And because of the pandemic, we actually canceled, uh, unfortunately. Luckily though, for me, even though that that was a bummer for most people, it was lucky for me because that means I got to be involved with Out of the Shadows really from its inception, the second time that they tried to throw it. Um, so kind of coming out of the pandemic slowly, like we were still kind of in the middle of it, we decided to go ahead and throw Out of the Shadows. And this time I kind of got to be involved from planning it from the very beginning. So that's how Out of the Shadows kind of came together from the beginning. And my role really has been since then focused on the logistics and production primarily but I also support with marketing and I help kind of coordinate the overall planning process as a whole. So really just project management is my, is my main role. Um, so as far as like the rest of the team is concerned, Tanya helps a lot with the marketing. She's, if you guys don't know, Tanya professionally actually works in marketing and she really specializes in like the research and analytics and like the technical side. Um, and I'm more so interested in like the content creation, like the creative side of marketing. So we work really well together um, in terms of like balancing each other out on that side of things. But she supports a lot of the marketing efforts, especially as like um, my plate has gotten fuller. She's been taking on even more of that. And then Alex and Tim, um, they are our designers. Tim primarily does our graphic design. Um, Alex helps with a lot of like the physical design stuff, but also like just the conceptualization of ideas. So um, coming up with like the themes for our battles, but also creating like the trophies um, or working. He actually works with a lot of other um, creative people uh on those trophies um and we always shout those people out on our instagram so if you're curious to see um go ahead and check that out for this year um james brosnan was the person that helped us make our trophies we actually did raku fired trophies like ceramic trophies they're really sick so i highly recommend you check that out but anyways before i get carried away talking about that um then we have um the rest of our team so rio mcfly um sid tucky uh, also goes by Insidious. Um, they are our DJ. So Sid's our DJ and Rio's our MC. Um, and then we also have Nancy and Kevin and they all support as well with like talent. So like getting the right people um, in the room as far as judges are concerned, MCs, DJs, um, and uh, the crews as well, of course. So that's kind of like the breakdown, I guess, of the roles um, on our team. And... Um, 
Yeah, so I will say as far as the planning timeline goes, usually um, I start planning before anybody else starts planning. So I'll start like 12 months out because there's a lot of logistical things that I need to work on, such as securing funding, whether that's applying for grants or getting sponsorships, building out the budget, and also getting the venue secured, um, getting the date locked in, all those like really early on logistical stuff, I pretty much start planning as soon as our event is over. That is something that I'm always working on. And then um, I would say probably around like the nine month, eight month mark is when um, the rest of the team gets involved. So that's when we'll start planning, okay, who do we want as our judges? Who do we want um, as our crews? And we will start reaching out to those people around the nine or eight month mark to get them locked in. And then that usually gives us um, a couple of months to secure things like, you know, headshots, bios, videos if we need them, any really promotional assets that we need to start creating um, the graphics for the event. And so that's when Alex and Tim will um, get involved and really begin coming up with the theme, the concept, and then start creating those assets for us um, to start promoting. And then around the six month mark, sometimes a little bit earlier, depending on how things go, um, but at a minimum at the six month mark is when we try to start promoting. Um, we've noticed that that just tends to have the, uh, how do I say, maximum impact for people. It gives people plenty of notice to really start planning in advance for our event, especially if they want to get flights, if they want to budget for the event, because um, I know not a lot of people can turn around in a month and have a budget to travel somewhere. So we think that six months typically tends to be the ideal amount of time for people to start budgeting and planning in their calendar for our event. And that's why we start promoting way earlier. And usually that process, we will drop our teaser flyer, um, like save the date. And then we will announce, um, we'll like kind of reveal our judges, our MCs, our DJs, as well as our crews. And then we'll drop like the actual like full flyer with everyone listed on there. And then um, from there, we also like to do other types of content. So whether that's like, here's some things to do in Chicago um, while you're here, or here are the trophies, and also like highlighting our partnerships that we might have, um, different things like that we really start to do within the few weeks leading up to the event. So that's kind of what the marketing and promotion timeline looks like. And meanwhile, while all this is happening, typically I'm also kind of planning in the background, you know, things around the venue. So. I'll start planning our actual day of timeline. Like what is the schedule breakdown going to look like? We have to book flights and figure out lodging for our judges um, and things like that. So we'll start planning that um, usually a few months in advance before the event as well. And then also getting the supplies list ready. Like I literally have like one gigantic supplies list that I will right out um, and continue to add to like pretty much the day before the event. I'm like, okay, we need this, this, and this, and this. And then I will split that up between people being like, okay, you're bringing this, I'm bringing this, things like that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and then usually I also have, you know, like there's little logistical things like sending out, you know, emails to the crews about like, hey, 
Um, here's the, the breakdown of important information you need to know. I like to call it like a no before you go type situation. Um, and I'll send that out to basically everyone who's involved with our event. We also meet with all of our volunteers and staff and kind of train them on the day of, like here's the breakdown of the event, here's the floor plan, like the layout, this is where everything's supposed to go. Um, this is like what tasks you're assigned to, um, and this is how to execute on them. If you have questions, here's your point person. And then also how to do check-in properly because we have a very specific system for check-in. That is, if you ask any event organizer, they will say that check-in is usually one of the biggest pain points um, of an event. And so um, I actually did a whole podcast episode on how to do a very smooth check-in process, um, especially if you don't really have a budget for check-in um, to get a big fancy event management softwares that um, have on-site like check-in solutions, but they tend to be very expensive, even though they're really convenient and great. A lot of people who do dance events just can't afford them. So if you want to learn how to have a really smooth check-in process without having to spend any money, I highly recommend you check that podcast episode out that I did previously. So anyways, um, getting back into it. Yeah, so we have a really specific process and we'll train everyone on how to do that. So it's really smooth running the day of. We wanna make everything as seamless as possible for people. So um, yeah, and then obviously Jets Pizza is a sponsor of ours. So I will, you know, schedule the orders. There's a, a bunch of little things like that that I'm in charge of like the weeks and months leading up to the event. Um, even just like getting lighting set up for the venue curtains, things like that as well. And then kind of moving into the post-event follow-up process. Usually the whole team will have a rest for about a week because we're usually freaking exhausted after the event. Um, even though it's really exciting and fun, it is a lot of work and we tend to not sleep very much, not just because of the event itself, but we end up spending a lot of time with folks who come to town that we don't get to see very often. And so we're up really late. Um, we don't really sleep that weekend at all. So usually the team will rest. But then the following week, we will have a what's called a post-event debrief. And we will sit down and we will literally go through what we thought was successful and also what we thought was challenging or things that we could improve. And then also just general ideas that we have for next year's events. We will literally go through, take notes, write all of that stuff down. Um, and then also compile any feedback that we've gotten from attendees. Um, and we... Well, I actually compile all of that information and I create what's called a post-event report. So that post-event report includes all of that. It also includes like the overview of the event, just so um, if any time in the future, someone else is organizing this event for some reason, or even if I just don't have a great memory and need to go back and refer to it, I can see the breakdown of pretty much everything in that event, like who we worked with, the schedule, the activities overview. I can also put um, attendance metrics in there. So I'll put like attendance and registration metrics for each portion of the event, whether it's the workshops, the 1v1, the crews, etc. spectators, I will literally break all of that down. And then we also uh, will do like a regional map of like, here's where we had attendees from. And then also, if we raised any funds, what our budget looks like, I'll include all of that in the post-event report so we can always refer back to it and see what we spent, what um, realistically our budget looked like, how much money we made back. And then I'll also do a breakdown of our marketing analytics um, throughout the actual event. 
So I will go through like our Instagram, I'll go through our Facebook, our website, and I will pull all the analytics from the promotion period of our event and see what the engagement looked like. So for example, so we use our event hashtag. So this year it's hashtag OOTS Chicago 2023. And I will see how many people engaged with that hashtag, how many people used that hashtag, how many people tagged us in posts and you know, what was the engagement like on our posts for the actual event? Did we drive traffic to our website? Did we drive traffic to our YouTube channel for the videos afterwards? I will recap all of that in the post event report as well. I'll also break down um, any partnership details that we had, you know, exchange of benefits there, and also the outcome of those partnerships. Were they beneficial for both parties? things like that, um, I'll break down in there as well. I'll also compile any, um, you know, feedback that we got from attendees too. So that's a lot. <laughs> um, usually that is literally like a 12, 13 page report. I kid you not, it's very in depth. And the reason I do this and the reason I think it's so important is one, like documenting your event um, is not only good for your team in terms of, okay, what did we do last year? Like what worked, what didn't? Let me go back and look and let's see what we can do this year. Or even if you have new people helping out and you want them to go back and review that information, it's not only good for that, it's also good for partnerships and sponsorships and grants. If you wanna get funding for your event, you need to document this stuff because they're going to ask you these questions and they're gonna want metrics. They're gonna want data. They're gonna want to see the results of your event. So actually having an event report like this um, is super, super important to be honest. And it is something that I offer in my services. So if you are wanting to hire me and don't wanna put together a 12, 13 page event report, you can hire me to do it for you. <laughs> Cause I know it's super tedious, but with that being said, like I do think that's one of the most important parts of the event process, to be honest, is actually documenting it because otherwise you're not gonna, have anything to refer back to in the future. So being able to do that. And additionally, as far as documentation goes, getting videos, getting photos from your event, having a recap video is super important too, because you're gonna wanna send those assets to any potential sponsors, grants, you know, anything like that, because you want them to have like a visual of like, this is what we do, right? So having that stuff is really important too. And then I already mentioned this as well, but for our YouTube channel, we always post all of the battle videos and that's important for attendees because they wanna go back and see their battles, of course. So we try and make sure we really focus on getting high quality images and footage um, for folks. And a lot of people will use those images like for their professional stuff. Yeah, so it's it, it really is of value to attendees. So I highly recommend um, making sure you're paying, you're paying as equal, amount of effort and attention to the post-event follow-up in the documentation as you are to planning the actual event itself. Because I do notice that a lot of people get a bit lazy around the post-event follow-up part because they're exhausted, which, you know, makes sense, but still um, it's important to prioritize that for sure. And then lastly, I will also send what's called like a um, sponsor or partner recap report to each of our partners, basically saying like, here's your specific engagement analytics um, data that we pulled. Um, here's feedback from attendees. You know, if they engaged with like your product or your brand, like here's um, a list of benefits. Um, here's all of that stuff. And I put that in a report for them and I send that their way. And then 
I also ask like, hey, do you want to partner with us again? Because we really focus on building long-term partnerships um, as opposed to short-time one-off partnerships. So I find that that follow-up process is really important to do that as well. I know that was a lot and I feel like I am talking very fast today, um, probably because I'm excited. This is kind of my bread and butter. But um, yeah, so that is our timeline, the breakdown of our roles. And lastly, the other thing I wanted to mention really quickly, just for people to get an idea of like, realistically, what a what kind of budget you need to throw an event of this scale. So the first year we did Out of the Shadows, we actually um, spent close to $6,000. That was our budget. And the second year that we did Out of the Shadows, we actually doubled. So this year we're anticipating spending around $12,000 on the event. So just for people's frame of reference, um, I wanted to throw that out there. And a lot of the funding that we get is a combination of partnerships, but also, um, donors and also just crew members like putting their own money into it and then obviously like the income that we get at the door for entry fees as well as workshops and then also merch so yeah that is just kind of like i guess the breakdown of out of the shadows and with that i am going to kind of transition into talking about the elements that I guess I thought were really successful as well as really challenging because that's a question that I ask a lot of people um, who I interview on my podcast. So as far as the things that I thought were the most successful, I'm going to focus on last year for this one just because I've actually seen the event come to life already <laughs> and I'm not really sure, like I haven't quite we haven't quite had the event yet this year. So as far as things that are successful, I want to talk about last year's Out of the Shadows. So I will say one of the things that like we thought was extremely, extremely successful was A, like attendance. We had a really great turnout. I think we had close to 200 attendees total. And I think like close to, like we had like 80 something like competitors in our 1v1 and that does not include our 3v3 either. So that was just like really, really great. We had a really good turnout um, for our, our first year. And not only was the turnout really great, the retention throughout the event was really high. So I know there are some events that I've been to where people will leave pretty much immediately after they get knocked out of the battle, you know, and that's fine. Like sometimes, especially if you're traveling, you just want to go out and explore a city if you've got extra time. Um, and trust me, like I know that sitting through an eight hour event can be really exhausting. So no shade there. I'm just saying uh, a lot of people will leave throughout the event. But we noticed in our event in particular that a lot of people stayed throughout the entire event, which was really exciting for us um, just to see that the retention rate was so high for the number of attendees that we had. Additionally, we just thought that the quality of the attendees that we had was really high. And what I mean by that is that the competition level in the event itself was extremely high. We had some very high level dancers come out and we just thought that was really, really exciting. Another thing that we thought was very, very successful was definitely our 3v3 battle. I think that that was the number one thing that really drew people to our event, to be honest, is seeing the 3v3 crew battle. 
uh, we had some really amazing crews out and it was just really exciting. It was a very exciting part of the event. And I think it really made our event unique compared to a lot of other events, at least in our area. Another thing that was really successful from last year was our partnership with Jets Pizza. Jets Pizza has been a partner with us um, for three events now. They partnered with our debut event, Nightmare on Rockwell Street, as well as with Out of the Shadows last year. And then they will be back this year as well, providing free pizza. And that is something that attendees were really, really excited about was having like free food, like because not a lot of events have that. So we were really happy that Jets Pizza was able to provide that value to our attendees. And we really thought that it was kind of like a nice surprise and delight moment that made our event really special and stand out for people. Overall, the venues had a really great atmosphere. The check-in process was very seamless. We got a lot of compliments on our marketing and our design and branding um, and the trophies and the merch and all the graphics. So shout out to Alex and Tim again for that. But yeah, I honestly overall thought that the event was very, very successful, was super happy. It all ran on time. So yeah, as far as challenges go, and I'm actually gonna talk about one challenge in particular to start because this is something that we've struggled with both last year and this year. And I think it's just inevitable with events like this. One thing that we struggled with, with the 3v3 crews, and the first time this happened, it was mainly because of the pandemic or people were sick or people just couldn't travel. And then we've also had this issue this year where some people will actually like drop out at the last minute. And then we're like, oh, we got to find another crew. We got to find another judge. So that happened this year. Um, our judge actually dropped out because of travel restrictions. And so we had to find another judge at the last minute. <laughs> last year, it was a lot of crews that we had to find replacements for. And so that was like a really big challenge for us last year, but also this year. And I will say that I think we tackled it with grace, in my opinion. We we just kind of took it and we ran with it and we were like, instead of freaking out and panicking, we were like, okay, how do we solve this? Like, here's plan A, B, C. And so we were able to find another judge for this year. Last year, we had backup crews on hand. And I know this year we already anticipated, okay, like, we have like a list of like potential backup crews in case something happens. So that is like something that I think is challenging for us. It's it's quite stressful regardless if we're prepared for it or not, because obviously we select people because we really have like a very particular idea in mind of what we want the event to be and who we want to be there. And we're very careful about our selections based on like our mission and our purpose. But with that being said, things happen especially when you're working with a bunch of um, people in general and you know you can't control everything that happens to everyone. So yeah, that I would say is like one of the biggest challenges that we have faced um, with Out of the Shadows both years that we've done it so far. I guess another challenge that we've had is like day of like little logistical mishaps. So like, for example, last year, for Out of the Shadows, um, we had rented speakers and the people who were delivering the speakers uh, actually got stuck in traffic and were running an hour behind. And something that we've always iterated in our events is we will run on time. And we tell people like, if you are late, you are not battling. And so like having the speakers be an hour late was a huge problem for us because we were like, well, we can't 
open the doors an hour late. That doesn't make any sense, given how much we have been drilling into people that you cannot be late and we will run on time. We really had to like devise a solution at the last minute. And I really give credit to Sid, our DJ uh, for this one last year. We were kind of like, okay, we need to open the doors. And so he hooked himself up to one of the studio speakers temporarily. While we were waiting for the other speakers to get delivered, we opened the doors. No one was the wiser when the speakers got delivered. He somehow seamlessly transitioned between them. The music didn't stop for a second. So it was really smooth. And I don't think anyone realized that our speakers were running an hour late. And by the time the battles were ready to begin, we had our speakers um, in the space. So yeah, that was like another little challenge. So we always have little things like that that pop up. But yeah, so I would say... Those are like the biggest challenges. Another thing would just be in terms of like the team as a whole, um, managing stress levels because like organizing an event of this scale, especially when you are working a full-time job or have other responsibilities, it gets to be really, really stressful for people. And yeah, like I think a lot of times like our team, like around like leading up to the event, we're like, oh, I don't know if I want to ever do this again. And then after the event, we're like, yeah, let's start planning for next year. Um, Because like it's so stressful leading up to it. But then afterwards, like the payoff is so great. But I will say that's something that we're constantly working on getting better at is like managing that stress. Like that's another big challenge for all of us, I think. So <laughs> those are kind of like the successes and challenges I would say. With that, I think kind of just like wrapping up my key takeaways or lessons I would say is to be flexible, be adaptable, to over communicate um, and to always have contingency plans for anything that could possibly go wrong. So yeah, I would say those are like my key lessons or takeaways from Out of the Shadows. So <laughs> I know that that was a lot um, and I was talking really fast this entire podcast, I feel like, but um, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast episode. Of course, if you want to do your own event, the size or scale of Out of Shadows, just hit me up at JinxDanceMedia on Instagram or JinxDanceMedia.com on my website. And I am currently offering um, free consultations. So within that consultation, we will have basically a discovery call and I will just learn more about like what your needs are, what kind of support you're looking for. And um, then I can give you a budget estimate based on also, I try to work within your budget. So if you have a budget, um, I will try and uh, give you a budget estimate on my costs based on that. But yeah, uh, otherwise, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast episode. Um, if you have not done so already, please rate my podcast five stars as it really helps me out. And yeah, I will uh, see you guys or not see you. Well, I might see some of you at Out of the Shadows this weekend, but if not, I will talk to you guys in the next podcast episode. All right. Bye, everyone. <laughs>